Friends, this morning's reading for the fourth Sunday of Lent is from the Gospel of John. You've heard the phrase that appears in this passage several times already in the service, and hope reminded us that part of love is hope. This passage from the third chapter of the Gospel of John speaks of God's love and the gift of life eternal. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This ends the reading from the Gospel of John. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Well, I assume that by now you are more than well aware that we are in the midst of the season of Lent, of course. But I'm not sure you're aware that it was one year ago this Sunday, today, that we stopped in-person worship. Yes, one year ago today. So I was thinking that here we are in the midst of Lent, and we are now envisioning and planning for a return to in-person worship, a reopening of our buildings and campus. Which reminds me that along with Lent being a season of recommitment to our faith, a time of discipline, and a time of study, that in addition to that, a really important piece of the Lenten puzzle is the understanding that Lent prepares us, carries us, propels us, to a new season of love, a season of hope. Yes, Lent carries us to Easter, but in this year in particular, it also is the beginning of a return to the in-person worship of God. Now, friends, I hope during this season you have been taking the opportunity to read the Lenten devotions written by members and friends of this church and, and they miraculously appear in our inboxes as emails every morning. And most of those devotions are focused on the theme of again and again. And they often conclude with visions of God's love, of God's hope appearing right again and again. So I thought in these moments before communion that I would take some time to comment on one Christian's understanding of the intersection of the corner of love and hope. An intersection that God brings us back to again and again. I once remember reading in the New Yorker where a writer was suggesting that that intersection of hope and love it seems to be a uniquely religious place. And she wrote that what she thinks has happened in our culture is that that intersection of hope and love has become harder and harder to find in our lives. And that's because in an increasingly secular culture, that secular culture can't really describe 
what that intersection of love and hope looks like. It doesn't have a grammar or a vocabulary for it. But people of faith, she suggested, people of faith speak the language of love and hope fluently. One theologian even suggested that the church, the community of God's people, best serves those who are grounded in a belief in love and hope, guiding us into the future. But what does it look like to stand at the intersection of love and hope? Well, I've shared this again and again, but hope and love, these are not acts of our wills as much as they are acts of our imagination. Love and hope, those are what allow us to see beyond and to imagine what might be and what ought to be. It also allows us to imagine that again and again. As one preacher has suggested, love and hope are radical dimensions of the Christian faith because in particular hope is not content with the notion of Christianity celebrating things just as they are. Or is it content with celebrating things as we imagine them once to have been? But instead, the Christian faith is always, at its core, hopeful and prophetic, which means that it speaks of the time to come. Jesus often speaks of the kingdom which is close but not yet, of the things that really are close to us but we haven't quite yet grown into. And in particular, in this season of Lent, Christian love and hope speak of the people we have not yet fully become. And part of that is that this year, that means becoming, eventually, an in-person Easter people. It's soon, but not quite yet. But I think that is the strange thing about hope and about love. Again and again, they guide us into the place where really we have not yet had the courage to go without hope and love. They guide us into becoming the people we have not yet become. Love and hope allow us to see beyond what is right now and to imagine what might and maybe even what ought to be. Well, in that very same New Yorker article, the writer concluded by describing her visit to a Chicago parochial school. And there she observed an African-American nun trying to get the attention of about a dozen four-year-olds. All of them were from underserved parts of the city, and it was their very first week of preschool. And naturally, the children were sort of bouncing off the walls of the room, and the nun said first, in a very quiet voice, children, please sit and put your hands in prayer. Hardly any of them seemed to have heard her, but she repeated it. And by the way, she repeated it again and again. Children, sit down and find your strength. The writer who was observing it thought, that's a strange word to choose for a four-year-old. But surprisingly, two or three children seemed to understand and sat down and put their hands together. 
And again, the nun quietly repeated her request and several others sat down. And gradually, even the ones who had been the most distracted began to sit with their hands folded. And finally, the room was silent. The writer said the stillness was soothing seemingly to everyone present. And she wondered if perhaps for many of the children it was something they had never fully experienced before. And she's sure they didn't understand, but it was really important that they had achieved that quiet, that stillness, only by doing it together. And then, then comes the writer's hopeful concluding image of her visit to that preschool room. She said, once the children were quiet and still, the nun began to teach the children the language of hope and love. She began to teach them the alphabet. It was a moment of quiet, a moment of prayer, and a moment of learning and discovery. And friends, this morning, as we have come together for worship, for quiet, for prayer, for learning, if we add to those the table of God's love and forgiveness, all of them together, again and again, form for you and for me the language of hope and love. May it be so. Amen.